Anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord on Resurrection Sunday? Come on, make some noise. Welcome to church. My name is Jabin, along with my wife. We're honored to uh, pastor this great community of faith called City Light. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being in the tent. Thank you for being in Overflow. Thank you for being in the room. Everyone online uh, got hundreds of men and women in correctional facilities today as well, worshiping with us. And uh, I truly believe you're in the right place at the right time. And uh, if you're looking for a church, I think we're it. I hope. I hope you'll come back. We're going to have an amazing Sunday next Sunday. But I just want to remind you of a few things today. Right from that little clip that we just saw from the Chosen series. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever would believe, believe, would not perish, but have everlasting life. Believe, not earn. Believe, not try. Believe, not work. Believe he would have everlasting life. Father, I thank you for this moment we share. I pray that you would speak now. I pray for a clarity. I pray for, Lord, an openness of heart. And Lord, I pray for every person who may be in the room who feels far from you or has never in any way experienced your love. I pray that in these next few moments that we share together, Lord, that you would speak so clearly to them and they would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you love them, that you have a plan for their life in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen and amen. Believe in him. I, that moment happened for me, June 10, 1998. It's now, uh, well, I'm not good at math, but a long time ago that I gave my life to Christ. I was a 15-year-old and um, had an experience with God. You know, I grew up in church. I was a church kid, grew up in Sunday school, grew up in church, never was open to God, never experienced God, never really had a connection with God till that moment. But in that moment, it was like God just tapped my shoulder and said, it's time. And in that moment, I knew it was time to follow Jesus. Just like Nicodemus in that clip, I knew it was time for me to follow him. And I believe for many of you, it's, it's time. And in about 15 minutes, I'm going to give you that opportunity to place your faith in him. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And at the end of that prayer, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you'd be so bold to say, yeah, I want to follow Jesus. We're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make a spectacle or a show of you, but we are going to give you that opportunity. And I'm praying for you even right now that your heart would open to this because this is not a message for the spiritual elite or for the religious few. This is a message for everybody. It's a message for you. It's a message for your family. And I believe God has a great plan for your life. Let me remind you of three things quickly today. First of all, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. For God so loved the world. So loved. He didn't just love the world. He so loves the world. He doesn't just kind of, okay, grin and bear it. I guess I, guess I have to love you. No, he so loves you. He doesn't kind of love you. He so loves you. He doesn't even just love you. God so loved 
the world. This is a radically different message than every other religion, just in case you're wondering. This is radically different than anything you've ever thought or heard. It is the message that God loves us and God came to us. This is totally different than religion because religion is, I'm gonna do these good works, I'm gonna pray these prayers, I'm gonna go through these religious rituals and maybe, hopefully, one day, I'll get to God. You, You never know. But hopefully if I do enough, it's kind of like there's two scales and I got all my bad stuff that I do all the time, but I got some good stuff too. And I'm hoping that by the end of my life, I've done enough good to tip the scales in my favor. Woo, and I don't go to hell, praise the Lord. No, 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 that would be praise you. That's not salvation. Salvation is that Jesus saved us. If that message is true, then we're the savior. But the message of the gospel is radically different. You can't get to God, so stop trying. The Bible actually says no one seeks God. How how does no one seek God? No one seeks God because we are dead in our sin. We are blind. We are deaf. We are mute without God. So we don't find God or search for God or seek God, but rather God finds us. God seeks us. God meets with us. This is the good news of the message of Jesus that when we could not get to God, God became a man. Jesus is fully God, fully man, came to us, died on the cross for our sin, rose again, and now calls us to himself. Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. You can't do enough. You can't be good enough. You can't try hard enough. You can't search long enough to find God so God found you. Like the 99 that were with the shepherd, but one was lost. Jesus continues to seek for anyone who would say yes to him. Romans chapter five, verse eight says that God demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is the good news today. Jesus loves you. Number two, Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you. I love these five little words in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Christ died for our sins. Christ died for our sins. See, when God created mankind, he told Adam and Eve, hey guys, don't eat from this fruit. Don't don't do this your way. Do this my way and it's going to be good. If you do it your way, it's going to lead to death and destruction. They said, yeah, whatever. And they ate the fruit. And within just like a couple of verses, we have murder and we have death and we have violence and we have sin and we have hatred and we got jealousy. I mean, we got all, I mean, it went from zero to a hundred really, really, really quick because anytime we try to do this on our own, our own way, we mess it up. Not going to get any amens on, a, on an Easter Sunday. It's all said like this, I mess it up. When I try to do this my way, I always mess it up. But if you would do it God's way, it always leads to life. So what happened? Death and destruction entered into the world. But Jesus said, I love you so much. You're to die for. I I love you. I love you this much. 
So he died in our place. He said, if you sin against an almighty God, there must be blood that is shed. But God said, I don't want it to be your blood because frankly, our blood wouldn't be enough anyway. So he pushes us out of the way. See, it should have been us on that middle cross. It should have been us that died. It should have been us that pays the price for our sin. But Jesus said, I will die in your place. You know, when you read the text, you'll find out that there was actually a man that was supposed to be in that middle cross. His name was Barabbas. And Barabbas was supposed to die that day. The Bible calls him a rebel, and we're all rebels. We've all rebelled against our father, against our creator, and tried to do our own thing. But the Bible said that that guilty man, Barabbas, was set free, and the innocent man, Jesus, was condemned. That is the message of Jesus. That is the message of the Bible. That is the message of the gospel. See, I'm Barabbas. You're Barabbas. We is Barabbas. And it should have been us, but Jesus pushes us out of the way and says, I will die for you. Christ died for our sins. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says it like this. He who knew no sin became an offering for sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. The guilty, free, the innocent, condemned, Christ died for us. And he didn't die so that we could live. Maybe you've been to church before and you've heard this. Christ died so that you could live. No, not necessarily. Christ actually died so we could die. He died so we could die to our old life. He died so we could die to our past. He died so we could die to our sin. He died so we could die to our addiction. He died so that the old me could be, Galatians chapter 2 verse 20, crucified with Christ. See, next week here at City Light, we're going to do water baptisms. And water baptisms is an awesome thing because it's not just about um, being hot outside and I need to cool off. No, there's something supernatural that happens. In water baptism, I let the whole world know I've died with Christ. That, that addict died. That fear died. That lust died. That anger died. That racism died. That jealousy died. That bitterness died. That unforgiveness died. That anger died. I've died with Christ, but don't worry, we won't keep you under for three days. Just a moment. Huh. I've died to see Christ died, and because Christ died, I can die to the old me. I know I look the same, but I'm not the same. I know I got the same name, but I'm not the same. I met Jesus, and the old me has been crucified with Christ. Oh, but I, I got really good news. We don't we don't stay under the water, and he didn't stay in the grave. Give me an amen, somebody. So here, here's, here's my last little point. Jesus rose again for you. Jesus rose again for you. Let me, let me just remind you, in case you're wondering, we are not a graveyard religion. We are a people of new creation. We are a people of resurrection. That's why in baptism, we don't stay under the water. But then we rise because as he died, we die. But as he rose, we also rise into newness of life. I'm not a remodeled me. I'm not a more improved, better version of the old J, but no, I'm a new creation, literally, that scripture means I'm a new species. Like I, I've been, I've been born again. 
And Nicodemus was tripping, huh? In that little clip we just saw from John chapter three. Do I go, do I go back into my mother's womb? Of course not. No, there's something spiritual that happens. I'm now alive in God. I've now risen with Jesus. But see, we make the mistake that this woman Mary made in Luke chapter 24. The Bible says that on the first day of the week, Resurrection Sunday morning, Easter Sunday morning, she went to the tomb to see the body of Jesus. And when she got there, he was gone. And the angel of the Lord was there and he goes, hey, I just have a question for you. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He's not here. He's risen just as he said. But see, Mary was guilty of it, but I'm guilty of it. And frankly, you're guilty of it. See, we have eternity in our heart. That's what Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says. We have eternity in our heart. There's this heavenly magnet trying to get us back to our creator. There's this heavenly homesickness trying to get us back to our savior. But we usually end up back in graveyards of insecurity, graveyards of addiction, graveyards of relationships that we know are messing us up, graveyards of fear and graveyards of anger and graveyards of control and graveyards of substance. And we're wondering why, why is it this satisfying? Why am I not being, why am I not happier? I went to the gym and I still feel empty. So I ate the chocolate cake and I still feel empty. And, I, and I'm single and I'm empty. And I, and I hooked up with a stranger and I'm empty. And I've been dating this guy. He's a good guy. Three months and I still feel empty. And I, because what, what your heart is longing for is not cake or bourbon or a person. Or more money. God, I made the money. I, I, got, I got to where I wanted to get to. And now I still, because it's not about that. I'm, I'm driving the car I wanted to drive. I'm, I'm living in the house. I'm in the zip code I wanted to be in. All that's cool, 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 cool. Not against any of it. It just isn't eternal. And what my heart wants, I'm, I'm not talking about this little ticker right here. I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the core of who I am. What my heart wants is eternal. So I, I'm searching for Jesus and don't even know it. And that's what happened in Luke 24. She ends up, starts talking to Jesus. He rose from the dead. And she thinks he's a gardener. We're, we're searching for something. But because we're all messed up, we end up ignoring the very thing we're searching for. Looking at it dead in the face. Jesus finally looks at her, Luke 24, and goes, Mary, like, homie. And she goes, oh, my, oh, rabbi, teacher, it's you. And, I, and I'm kind of praying for that moment for you today. I'm praying for that moment where you go, oh, that's, oh, that's what I've been looking for. Oh, it isn't just the American dream. Oh, it isn't just the car. Oh, it isn't just the thing. It's Jesus. I, I, was, I was looking for him the whole time, just in all the wrong places. Jesus rose again for you. 
And, and, and here's where he is right now. This is what he tells us in the book of Revelation, the last book in the Bible. He says, behold, look at me. Look, 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 look this way. Look, look at me. He says, behold, not I'm seated on the throne. Behold, I stand at the door of your heart and I knock. And then here's the question. Would you let me come in? See, a lot of people come to church on Easter Sunday wondering, would God accept me? Would God love me? That's actually not the question. That, that part's already done. The answer to that is yes, emphatically. The question of Jesus is, will you let me in? Well, no one can answer that but you. But maybe it's time. I knew it was time for me. June 1998, Del Rio, Texas. The moment that I stopped running, the moment that I stopped searching in the graveyards of emptiness, and the moment that I said, Jesus, I need you. Is that you today? That's what I want to ask you to do. You're in this room. You're in overflow. You're in the tent. Would you just close your eyes? Don't worry about the traffic. Don't worry about your kids. Don't worry about you got to be at a brunch. All that's going to happen. This is the shortest service in Las Vegas, I promise you. Because we got too many people coming and too much parking. So don't trip. Don't sneak out of here. I'm wondering today, do you need to, do you need to have that moment? Here's what I want to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'm going to lead you in a moment. But before I even lead you in this prayer, before I even give you the words to say, can you just express something from your own heart right now? Just out of your own heart, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I'm done running. Jesus, I'm done searching in the graveyards of this world. Jesus, I need you. Can you just express that from your heart right now? I don't have to really say it out loud, but just from somewhere deep in your heart, God, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Every person in the room, every person in the lobby, every person in the tent, every person online, every person in every correctional facility around our nation right now. Pray with me. Pray with me. Pray out loud. Pray out loud. Every voice together. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I place my faith in you. And I declare, you are Lord. I need a Savior. And you are that Savior. I believe you died for me. And I believe you rose again for me. No one looking, no one moving. If that's you. If that's you right now and you would say, Jabin, that's me. I need to give my life to Christ. That was my prayer. Jabin, I need to rededicate my life to Christ. That was my prayer. I, need, I want to come back to God. You're in the auditorium. You're in the lobby. You're in the tent. You're online. You're correctional visit. Wherever you're at right now, Jabin, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus. That prayer was for me. 
Jamin, that was my prayer. That wasn't, wasn't anybody else. That was my prayer. I'm giving my life to the Lord today. I'm surrendering my life to Christ today. I'm giving my life to Jesus today. If that's you, on the count of three, I'm not going to ask you to stand or to move. I'm not going to embarrass you, but right where you're sitting, right where you're sitting when I count to three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand high enough and long enough to just acknowledge in this moment I'm giving my life to Jesus. You know who you are and you know this is your moment. I'm giving my life to Christ. I'm rededicating my life to Christ. That was my prayer. You prayed for me. Let me see you. One, two, and three. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. Hands, hands, hands all over. Beautiful. I know it's happening in the lobby as well. I know. I know it's happening in overflow. I know there's men and women in correctional facilities right now raising their hand. I know there's people online right now going, oh, that's me. You're holding your phone right now. You're on your laptop. You're going, that's me, Javen. I'm giving my life to Christ. God sees your hand. God sees your heart. God sees this decision. You're opening your heart to him. And I promise you, he's going to change your life forever. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can put your hands down. Come on, clap your hands to give the Lord. Oh, come on, on this Resurrection Sunday, give God some glory.